sports fans, it's time for Between the Lines, an opinionated look at the week in sports. Now, from the showroom of Napleton Infinity in Augusta, Georgia, here's the stars of our show, Will Avery, Roy Peake, and the Mac Daddy, Charles McNeil. Thank you so much and welcome. This is Between the Lines, an informative show with a lot of opinion, and we're happy to have you guys along for the ride. Let's talk a little bit about the guys that are joining me. I'm the Mac Daddy, Charles McNeil. To my right is Roy Peake. And you guys know him from the Georgia Sting organization. And also from the Georgia Sting organization is William Avery, who also has a new role where he's working with an ABA team. He's the president of basketball operations for the Augusta 706ers. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, Charles. Thanks. Glad to be here. Thank you. Man, excited to have you guys on board. And we've got to get right at it because these folks have been waiting for a while for this. This is our pilot episode, and we hope that you enjoy it. We're going to chop it up and talk a little bit about college football, NFL football, the NBA, MMA, Major League Baseball. That's all packed in this one show, so let's get to it. Upper 90-degree weather on the gridiron Saturday, and a couple of top 10 teams went at it, and unfortunately, they went down to defeat. We'll get into that in just a bit, but let's first start between the hedges, where the Georgia Bulldogs pulled off another exciting victory as they took out their opponent in easy fashion, 41-13, Roy. Yeah, Georgia has, they're, they're a good team. I think they struggle with consistency. They have a great running game. The passing game is a question sometimes, and got the question of offense and defensive line. But overall, I say in the SEC, they're the biggest challenge to Alabama. All right. Will? You know, I'm a Georgia fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a been, I've been a Bulldog all my life. Um, I was glad to see us get back to having a pretty good performance. Uh, yesterday, but in my mind, I really don't feel we've played as well. I feel like the South Carolina's been it's been the one game I felt we put it all together so far. Uh, you know, we have a long way to go, but I think we'll get there and we'll be ready. We have a big test next weekend, but the main thing is just that the pass protection. I think if we can we can hold up and keep guys and keep Fromm clean, you know, we can really get the ball to our playmakers on the outside. I think we're going to be a really really tough team to beat. Roy, the top-rated team in all the land, your Alabama Crimson Tide, 60-point victory, two of throws, four touchdowns. Man, that was quite impressive. And, and, and the amazing thing, two is putting these numbers up in three or three quarters or less. You know, he had 333 yards at halftime, four touchdowns, and, and the guy's not tested in the fourth quarter yet. Uh, but the concern, again, with Alabama is their defense. They're young defensive backs. We knew it was coming. Now it's starting to raise his ugly head. And, of course, the kicking game needs some improvement. But you know, when you have the best coach in college football, I think there's... It's his opinion. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's going to be some improvement, no yeah. question. Yeah. Alabama's been dominant. Uh, Tua has probably been the best player in college football. You know, you, you can't deny it. But, you know, it, there's definitely uh, some holes in that secondary. They're young. They're very talented. A lot of them are five-star recruits out of high school. And, uh, you know, they're going to get better along with all the other teams. So it's really too early to, re to really tell how good they're going to be. They, they are well coached. I don't think they have the best coach, but uh, they are well coached. And uh, so we'll see what happens uh, later on in the season. Well, guys, let's dig a little deeper into the SEC and that upset in the swamp, Will. Well, you know, like, again, it's SEC football. Those teams, LSU, have been challenged so far with Auburn and, and now Florida. And, and that's, that's, that's the SEC. That, that's what it's all about. Uh, week in and week out, you're going to be tested. And, and those are some of the things Georgia and Alabama right now haven't had those tests, you know, like, like an LSU. 
And, and it worries me a little bit with Georgia going to LSU next week. Uh, you know, hopefully we can put it all together. But they're not a bad team. I don't think they're a bad team. I just think that's, that's what SEC football is all about, you know, week in and week out. You know, it's not about anybody can play better than you that day, you know, as, as we saw uh, with Mississippi State knocking off Auburn as well. I think LSU is who LSU is. I mean, they they're, have the best athletes in the conference in, year in, year out, have no quarterback. So you have to decide where, where you're going to go with your coaching. Coach O was not the popular decision coming in. I don't see him making it through next year. Well, Roy, let's stay with you. The ACC and Clemson, one of the top-rated teams in all the land. They saw their quarterback, Lawrence, come back and an easy 60-point win in a difficult place up in Winston-Salem. No doubt. They dominated the game from the start, and, and Trevor Lawrence came back from a with injury that could have been pretty devastating, but he came back, bounced back. Again, they run the ball extremely well. They had three guys over 100 yards yesterday, but I don't think they trust Trevor Lawrence. And if you can't trust your quarterback, there's no chance for you to win a national championship. Yes, it's going to be interesting going forward with Clemson and, and, and Trevor Lawrence, how, how fast he grows up uh, when, when he faces the, the Florida State. Even next, next week at NC State could be a test for him. And uh, we'll just have to see how he holds up. But they, they did a good job of running the ball yesterday. And I think that's going to be key for the young quarterback to be able to run the ball and keep him in third down in manageable situations. Well, we talked about one of the upsets that happened in the top 25 at the Swamp. But we also have to talk about the Red River Showdown in the matchup of Oklahoma and Texas and what a game that was. Uh, that, was a, that was a great game. And Herman's come in to Texas and done a great job of turning that program around. And being in Texas, you have access to all the great athletes in this state. Uh, I see Texas coming up. They're going to be a challenger in the, in the top four before the season's over with. And if, if we can get, keep getting recruits into Texas, they're going to be a challenger, I say. You know, that, that conference is just full of offense. You know, what a game. Very exciting. Uh, um, Kyler Murray did, did his best to get them back in the game. And, they make a 40-yard field goal to win it. Outstanding game. And you still have, you know, West Virginia in, in that conference. You know, as good as those teams were, you know, lights out, you still have a team that may even be better, you know. So it'd be exciting to watch uh, how that conference, you know, uh, turns out in the end. What you know is you're never out of the game in that conference. You're absolutely right. Defenses are probably on vacation, permanent vacation in that conference too. Well, it's time for us to get interactive with you. Our desire is to get you involved in what we're talking about. So we're talking college football right now. And we want your top four picks, your top four in the poll. And we're going to get the experts to give us their top four as well. And we'll move forward into this progression. Let's start with you, Will. Who is your top four teams in the country right now? Alabama, number one. They've just been dominant. Uh, like I said earlier, I think they have, at this point, the best player in college football and tour. Uh, I like Ohio State, number two. It hurt my heart to go against my dogs, but uh, Ohio State has went on the road and knocked off uh, TCU that was 15th in the country at the time, and only other loss has been to a really good Texas team, as we saw yesterday. And then to go in Happy Valley, prime time, white out, and be the top 10 team in Penn State, I'm going with them, number two. I'm going with Georgia, number three. Uh, a lot of talent there, I think, in the end will be a really good football team. And then four, I'm going with Notre Dame, you know, who has two impressive wins, big wins over Stanford and Michigan, and took care of Virginia Tech yesterday fairly easy. So those are my top four. I, I can't really go against that. Definitely got Alabama number one. I think they're 
heads and shoulders above everyone else. Ohio State, I have them at number two. I think they're the team that can produce enough offense to be able to compete at, with Alabama at that level. I'm going to go with Georgia at three. If they can get secure their offensive and defensive lines, there can be a, there, there'll be a real challenger. And at four, as much as I hate to do it because of all the hype they get every year, I'm going to go with Notre Dame as well. Yeah, they, they've, they've looked good, but, you know, we've seen this, seen this show before. So they get to the finals and can't finish. Well, again, that is your opportunity to jump in. Do you agree with Roy? Do you agree with Will? Your opportunity to jump in, and I'll put mine out there uh, eventually down the road. I'm going to wait a couple of weeks to get my, my picks in until it's a little bit more certain. But uh, you get a chance to do that with each and every week. Now, most importantly for each of y'all that are tuned in, we want to make sure you know that we don't, you know, dislike the high schools in our areas. As a matter of fact, we love them and we love the fan support that surrounds them. So our real desire for you guys is to interact with us from a high school perspective as well. Who is the best high school team in the area? Please let us know that. And uh, you can also jump into the page and do that at any time. And also let us know about the big games that are coming up in your neck of the woods. And congratulations to all the winners and best of wishes to the losers from this past week. I know Jefferson County's in the house here today. So uh, they pulled off a big win over uh, Laney and I was a part of that broadcast. So we'll, we'll get into that and a whole lot more coming up next. Next up for us is the Major League Baseball playoffs. Will it be the Braves? Can they stay alive? The Yankees or the Red Sox? We'll talk about all of it up next. This is Between the Lines. Stay with us, everyone. And welcome back to Between the Lines, the Mac Daddy, along with my two favorite guys, Will Avery and Roy Peak. And it's time for us to get into the baseball segment. The baseball playoffs got underway earlier this week. And in that week, man, did we see some lopsided games in these best of three series as the Braves come back home Sunday night for a chance to face the guys from La La Land. Yeah, the Braves have a, a tough sled ahead of them. Uh, the Dodgers have them on the ropes. And, and the Braves have done a good job. They've, they've gone from three consecutive 90 lost seasons to make it to the dis, dis, division series. I mean, they, they've done well. But I just don't see them being able to match the Dodgers. Uh, great season for, for the young Braves. Uh, today, though, I, I think they, they have a chance to get this win. Uh, the Dodgers are putting a rookie out there today. Uh, if the Braves can jump on them and get some runs early and get into the, and get into the bullpen, and, you know, if they have some – a lot of support, which I think they will get today. I think the Braves have a chance to get this win today. Now, going forward, you know, it's going to be a little tough, I think, for them to overcome the Dodgers and win the series. But I really like the Braves winning to tonight's game. Yeah, I want to call out these Braves fans. You know, you're notorious for not showing up, so let's get out there and support your team. <laughs> It's very important that they get the fan support uh, so that 10th man hopefully will come up and, and show up for tonight's game. And we wish them nothing but the best. Let's talk about the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. What a series. The only series that's tied at one apiece. And uh, let's start with you, Will. Who do you like first? Um, Coming out of this series. I think Boston eventually win this series, but uh, the Yankees were pretty impressive yesterday. Uh, what Sanchez and, and Judge, you know, with the long ball, that changes any game, any time. And uh, they really got the price uh, yesterday, six runs uh, on the board, at, you know. But I, I don't really think home field advantage matters in this series. You know, these guys are very familiar with each other, you know. So it's going to be a, a, a fun series to watch, but I think Boston gets them in the end. Yeah, we're talking 21 times these two teams have met 
What are your thoughts about yeah, this? It's funny that you mentioned this. This the series that I grew up watching. I love baseball and couldn't wait to see the Boston Red Sox and the Yankees play. And I go back to the guys like Catfish Hunter and 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 um, Mr. October Reggie Jackson, your Strzemski's for Boston, all those guys. So this series holds a little special place to me. But in the end, I think Boston's too powerful hitting and uh, they got great pitching as well. I see them taking it. Well, let's stay with you, Colorado and Milwaukee. Talk about historic se series. This is not one of them. No, they're pretty much no-name teams, and it, it, this series could go either way, but I'm just going to go with Colorado because they have a huge uh, home field advantage. Yeah, I think Colorado gets that one too, and I, I don't think uh, e either one of those teams can challenge the Dodgers, who I think were uh, – will beat the Braves. And uh, going back to what Roy mentioned, Reggie Jackson, we talk about, you know, Aaron Judge. He's on his way to, uh, into elite company. He's homered in three straight postseason games, and Reggie Jackson homered in four straight uh, postseason games. You know, it's a chance he can catch and, uh, and, and take that spot from Reggie. That, that's saying a lot. You can't, take, a lot. can't take the title, Mr. October. That's, <laughs> that's copyright. All right, let's go to Astros and Cleveland. Start with you, Will. Uh, Astros is my team. You know, I'm, I'm picking the Astros to win uh, the American League and be in the World Series. Uh, they got they got pitching, they got hitting. Uh, one one of the things they're ten and one at home in the postseason. You know, I, I I really like that, and I think they can slow those bats down from uh, from whoever it is, either Boston or New York. I really like the Astros a lot, and they've been there before. You know, you, you got a veteran over there in, in, in Verlander to go with to go with the other young arms that they have. Uh, Astros are my team. The Astros are tough, and I agree. They have some great pitching, and and it's going to be hard when you want to get into playoff series. That's that's what carries you through. Your pitching, you know, always that's always consistent. Hit is not always as consistent. So I'm going with the Astros in that series as well. And, and you know, those small market teams, they don't get a lot of love. You know, here's the opportunity for the Astros. You know, they're, they're looking forward to this. Everybody just talk about Boston and, and New York and, you know, the winner of that uh, series is probably going to win it. So the Astros are out here playing with a chip on their shoulder and they're motivated. That's why I like them. All right, let's move to the MMA from one level of fighting in this baseball arena to uh, some hardcore fighting. Last night, UFC 229 took place, and, man, what an event it was with Colin McGregor, Conor McGregor, rather, taking on Khabib, and everybody thought Khabib was going to be the guy that uh, – you know, cleaned his clock from start to finish, but those diehard McGregor fans thought otherwise, and they are pretty passionate. But there's been a lot of histrionics both before, during, and after this fight. Yes, uh, you know, can be with a great performance and, and uh, to get the win, but uh, you know, the the, the post-fight antics where I, I felt should have been prevented just because of the history between these two guys. You know, the, it, I just felt the UFC should have done a better job with the security and, and things of that nature, knowing the history, especially what happened with Connor, you know, attacking the bus. And uh, I was listening to Stephen A compared it to the malice in the palace, you know, where, where Ron Artest, you know, went into the stands. And I, I just think Dana White right now has to, has to really come down on Khabib, and he has to let others know that I'm not going to tolerate this. I think... Dana White is complicit in all this. He's, he creates his atmosphere. He knows Conor McGregor's history. He's destroyed a bus, hurt other, hurt other fighters where they couldn't participate. And so, I mean, he, now he wants to take Khabib's money. I'm not with that. But going back to the fight, Khabib didn't seem like he was that interested in Conor McGregor. He was interested in getting to those people outside the ring. 
So I don't blame him for jumping out there. So, so Roy, do, do you think this is uh, all about money, that he, that he likes to see this extra excitement? Gets, at, after, absolutely. Uh, it gets some more publicity. Bad publicity is good publicity in some instances. So I don't, I, he can't lose. All I can say is if you enjoyed that fight last night, make sure you support local boxing in our area. It's coming to Payne College, the Hill Complex, November 3rd, where our very own and one of the local high school graduates from this area, Justin Deloach, will be headlining. He'll be on the main event of a card at Payne College. That happens November 3rd. Get your tickets today. Make sure we're out there, everybody. Whole CSRA, we should be out there supporting Justin. Let's make sure we do that. Well, coming up next, we continue with the NBA and the NBA is fantastic, and we'll talk about it up next on Between the Lines. Stay with us, everyone. This is Between the Lines. We're here at Napleton Infinity on Washington Road. If you need a new or used car, come by and see them. They'll definitely take good care of you. Let's continue, guys. Now it's time for us to talk a little bit about the NBA. And, of course, the season starts October 16th, and we're looking forward to it. But before you get to the season, you've got to go through your preseason rituals as well as kind of going through the, the whole, you know, getting used to the players and, and knowing important dates. And most teams like to know exactly, you know, when the player's birthday is and things of that nature. Well, the Charlotte Hornets apparently put out a registration sheet, and they sent it out to all their players, and they asked Frank Kaminsky in particular to fill this thing out. He shared it on social media, so we got a chance to take a look at it. should be on your screen right about now. And the funny thing about this is if you look at the top, it's got Frank's name, of course, and then, of course, his birthday and any other important information. But just beneath that, you see his wife's name or his place for his wife, if, you know, to place his, her name there. And then what's beneath that? But his girlfriend. Now, Will, this is your, your account, so the NBA. Tell us what's going on there. The whole thing has been misinterpreted. You know, the, the Charlotte Hornets, you know, the, whoever uh, made this form, they just forgot to put or between wife and girlfriend. They meant for it to say wife or girlfriend, but, but they missed that. And, and Frank got a kick out of it because they missed it. That's all that's going on here. Nothing more. Yeah. So Frank basically broke the NBA code, but in reality, you should have had more lines for more girlfriends. You know, Frank has his wife, of course. And Frank, you know, he's just like some of the other guys, you know, have publicists in every city, so. Okay, so you guys leaving it at that. Um, I'm going to ask the fans what you guys think. I think it might be a little bit more involved than that because, you know, I, I got a chance to hear from, you know, Coach Van Gundy, and I heard what he said on the Jalen and Jacoby show where he basically said that, you know, if, if you pass out one of those to 15 players on an NBA roster, that probably one of them put both a wife and a girlfriend on there, and then there might have been at least three or four of them that might have asked, where's the space for my other girlfriend? You know, the one in Detroit or Atlanta or Chicago, or New York. Yeah, Frank just, he did bad by breaking the code. He's that, probably not a good look. Yeah, you know, when you, when you see these guys after the game, you you know, you, you think they're not girlfriends. You know, an NBA, being an NBA player is, uh, you know, you're very busy. You need a lot of uh, people to help you. So most of the time, you employ a lot of people. So most of the time, what you think may be something is probably just housekeepers, uh, nannies, uh, maybe a tutor for the kids, you know, things like that. Publicists, of course. Yeah, that publicists. Got to have a publicist, yeah. So um, hopefully one day we'll get to the point, or at least me, Will's already been there, 
Uh, Roy, you and I will get to the point where we'll have a publicist and a nanny and the, you know, the, the maid. And the, that. uh, it's probably best, best to leave that alone. All right, well, let's keep this thing moving, and let's get into the NBA East, Eastern Conference. A lot of people think Boston. Some folks think possibly you could see uh, Toronto get back in it, be the number one seed. But uh, it's time for these guys, the experts, to make their predictions. So let's start with Will. Um, what are your thoughts about the East first and foremost and the moves that were made and then who's going to come out of the East? I think it's Boston, then it's everybody else. Uh, you know, Boston got a lot better by just getting healthy. We're getting Kyrie and Gordon back. Uh, these young guys are going to get better. You know, you're more the good thing uh, about their young guys, they had deep playoff experience. You know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum got to play in the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie and Gordon. So, uh so they 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 really grew up a lot, you know. I think think Philly is is next. Uh, they got one of the better young players in the game, and Joel Embiid. But I don't think Philly did a whole lot to get better in terms of defeating Boston. Uh, they picked up Wilson Chandler, which brings them some toughness. You get Markel Fultz back, uh, but you still you still lack that guy that when the plays break down that can just create plays for himself or others. And I, I think that's going to be a problem. Uh, I like what Toronto did and in, in, in getting Leonard over, but I don't necessarily think they're locked for the number three spot. Uh, I think uh, the Wizards, in my opinion, have been underachieving for years. That's a dynamic backcourt in Wall and Bill. You pick up a rim protector in Dwight Howard who should be motivated uh, because he's been, you know, moved around every year. And I still think he's one of the more talented big guys we have in our game. And if he can coexist in the pick and roll with those two guys, block shots and rebound the ball, uh, the Wizards are an interesting team. And I also think uh, Indiana will be, will be able to challenge guys. So uh, it's interesting. And, and saying that with Toronto, if you're not in that three spot, like when do you push the panic button to start, you know, moving guys out of there? I'm not so sold that Boston is clearly the favorite in the East. I mean, like Will mentioned, you have Philadelphia, and he mentioned that they don't have a guy that can get a shot. I think Joel Embiid can get a shot whenever he wants to, inside, outside. He's one of the most versatile players in the NBA. An experienced now Ben Simmons is going to take another step becoming a superstar, which I think he will be. And don't forget, Toronto did have the best record in the East last year, and they upgraded by getting Kawhi Leonard, and that means a lot. So I don't think it's just set in stone that Boston is the clear favorite. All right, so that's where the experts think. What do you think? It's your opportunity to go on our interactive poll right now and vote for the Eastern Conference. Who do you see winning the Eastern Conference? Will it be Boston, Toronto? Uh, will it be Milwaukee? That's another team I throw out there, possible consideration. There's a lot of great teams in the East, and with LeBron being gone, there's a lot of openings and a lot of availability. It's wide open now. It's not wide open. The king is gone. No way it's not wide open. It's Boston, man. It's easy. It's Boston. The king yeah, left the building. Kyrie, Tatum, those two Duke guys, man. Okay, it's all about Duke, as you can probably <laughs> imagine. Anytime we get into discussion, it always falls back to Duke at some point. Carolina fan right here. You, me, you can't mention basketball without mentioning Duke, right? Would y'all agree? Well, <laughs> we can talk Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can definitely talk. And again, it's it's about the league. What happens once they get into the league? Can they continue that dominance? And uh, this year, it looks like Boston certainly has an outstanding team. Kyrie says he's coming back for another year after this. He's going to re-sign long-term. That'll remain to be seen. So if you want to give your thoughts early on the West, you can do that as well. Next week, we'll dive deeper into the West and talk a little bit about LeBron James and my Lakers. 
and uh, how far we can go against the Golden State Warriors. That comes up next week. A lot of Lakers fans coming out of the woodwork. Now, now this one goes back to 79. I'm not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna front on that. So when we come back, it's NFL time. The games are getting close and we need to get your predictions. So that's coming up next on Between the Lines. Stay with us, everyone. You're watching the maiden voyage of Between the Lines from Napleton Infinity, the Mac Daddy along with the fellas. And it's time for our NFL predictions. Just moments before the kickoff Sunday games. And guys, let's get right to it with a matchup that involves a local team, the Atlanta Falcons, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Will, this is your account. What do you think? I'm going with the Falcons in a shootout. Of course. Uh, <laughs> we get Freeman back. We get Dante Freeman back. Uh, Calvin really has, has been great. I usually don't mention a lot of Alabama guys, but unfortunately, we got two who are Can't pretty good. Football without so uh, I'm going with the Falcons today. I just don't think the Steelers secondary will be able to cover everybody and, and also Freeman to get some lanes to run the ball just because of what Matt Ryan has been able to do uh, the past few weeks. So I think the Falcons win this one. These are two teams that are mirror images of each other, and, and the bad part of the mirror, they're two of the worst defenses in the league. Um, and like you said, it, it should be a shootout, and although Atlanta does have two of the best receivers in football. Be Wonder why he says that. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> but I, I think that Atlanta's defenses can't stop Big Ben, Brown, all those guys. So I'm taking Pittsburgh in a blowout. All right, next game is Jacksonville and that outstanding defense against the number one offense in the game today, Kansas City. Roy? You said it. Number one defense against the number one offense, and I'm, I'm going with my man Jalen Ramsey. You know how he is. And uh, Patrick Mahomes has, has looked good, but he hasn't faced the best defense in the league. And the weather dictates it's going to be a ground-and-pound game for the Jaguars, and I'm not sure that Kansas City is ready for that because they also are one of the worst defenses in the league. I'm going with, going with the Chiefs here. I think uh, even though uh, the weather is calling for rain, I think Andy Reid is one of the best play callers in the game. Uh, he's going to come with some uh, special packages for this so-called great, great defense. And uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to continue his brilliance. And I don't think Blake Bortles and the Jags, the Jags will be able to keep up. Going with KC. Blake just need not turn the ball over. And he's going to do a whole lot of handing off. So I think they'll be fine today. Well, in our third matchup, it's the old Browns against the new Browns. Baltimore on the road at Cleveland. Baltimore big. Uh, this would be the best defense Baker Mayfield has seen. And Joe Flacco has been hot. He'll continue that against a, a very mediocre Cleveland secondary today. I think he goes for 350 and three touchdowns. Believe it or not, I'm going to agree with him. Uh, Baker Mayfield is going to a hornet's nest today. He's not, not going to be ready for this. And I expect... Baltimore throw a lot of blitz packages at them and, and disguise their coverages, so I, I agree. But not in a blowout. I see a low-scoring game. Baltimore comes out on top. No. Well, Carolina on the road. They're actually heading up to my old neck of the woods, Secaucus, New Jersey, as they take on the Giants. What do you think about that one? Wow. How bad are the Giants? I mean, they, their offensive line is like a swinging gate. Uh, it, it's tough. You can't have no running game. So now Eli's standing back there, and he's just a, a sitting duck. Um, on the other side, Carolina, they need to get uh, McCaffrey some more touches. He's, he's getting good yardage, but has no scores. I think he and Cam Newton have a big day on the, on the ground. McCaffrey, 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 Carolina big. 
the same team twice. That's amazing. All right. Now we get to my account, which is the Dallas Cowboys victorious on the road at Houston. Oof. Another bad team, the Cowboys. Which they, can, they can run the ball, but Zeke should have taken the stand that Le'Veon Bell had. He's on the path where he's not going to be able to last long. He's getting all the touches on the ground. He's the second leading receiver behind Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is their leading receiver. So I, I see Houston putting a lot of pressure on Dak and taking uh, Zeke out of the game. I go with Houston big. I'm going with the Cowboys. I think Zeke is going to be too much. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I think that's going to neutralize those great pass rushes they have in, in, in Clowney and Watt, and I think the Cowboys get the The Cowboys' defense have been really good this season, and I think it continues. I think uh, Deshaun Watson is, is, is still playing like a, like a young quarterback, and he's you know just eyeing Hopkins down. I think they take that away, and I think the Cowboys win. Would you rather throw to Hopkins or Cole Beasley? Definitely, but I would much rather give it to Zeke, who's the best player on the field today. Well, I'm going to let Roy slide with that last comment. Let's we get to our final game as far as predictions are concerned. And again, you can interact with us. It is the 4 o'clock game. A lot of folks are looking forward to it. The Vikings traveling to the city of brotherly love. I'm going with Philly. Uh, the Vikings are not playing good football right now. Um, that, that team that we thought had to play great defense, give up 38 points at the Rams. Xavier Rhodes is not who he was last year, and I think – Carson Wentz without Sean Jeffrey being back. I think they really go, go after uh, the Vikings and, uh, and they really get the Cousins, who's been, you know, so, so, I think, so far, I think the Eagles win this one. Well, we do know that Carson Wentz is coming off a major knee injury. He's been a little shaky in the pocket. In fact, in the last two games, he's been sacked nine times. So I expect the Vikings to bring a lot of pressure against him. And I, I think the Vikings will get back on track. They're not as bad as their record is. I see them getting back on track. So I'm going, taking the Vikings. Thank you for that pick. And this is the Vikings' opportunity, obviously, with the NFC Championship not going their way last year to get revenge in the regular season against the Eagles. Fellas, it's time for us to wrap this show up with our look at the young quarterbacks in the league. Who's the best young quarterback, Roy, in the game? I'm going with Jared Goff. I don't know. Will is on this Patrick Mahomes love fest, but... Patrick, uh, Jared Goff has a 127 quarterback rating, better than Mahomes. 1,400 yards, better than Mahomes. And he has 351 yards per game, better than Mahomes. What's there to argue? You know, he has a better overall team. He has great, great defense. His, uh, his off the receivers, and he, ha and he has Gurley. It's going to make his life a lot easier. Mahomes, in his first year as a starter, doesn't turn the ball over. You know, doesn't get sacked and just makes winning plays all the time. And, and, and that's why I'm going with Holmes. And I think he does it today against the so-called top defense in the Jags to show everybody how good this guy's a superstar. Well, time will tell. <laughs> all right. Well, our time is up. All hearts and minds clear? Absolutely. They got their points across. It's time for us to put a wrap on the first edition of Between the Lines. It's been my pleasure to sit beside Roy Peak and Will Avery. Hope that you enjoyed it. For them, I'm the Mac Daddy Charles McNeil. And for all of us, we thank you so much for tuning in. And we look forward to having you next Sunday at 12 noon. Till then, make sure you check out the a live broadcast as well as it's edited down on Tuesday. That'll be available on our YouTube channel. And you'll get a chance to take a look at that as well. Until then, have a great weekend. <laughs>